Welcome to the Nurse and Midwife Support Podcast, Your Health Matters. I'm Mark Aiken, the podcast host. I'm the Stakeholder Engagement Manager with Nurse and Midwife Support, and I'm a registered nurse. Nurse and Midwife Support is the national support service for nurses, midwives and students. The service is anonymous, confidential and free, and you can call us anytime you need support. 1-800-667-877 or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au. Hello everybody and welcome to the Your Health Matters podcast. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Marie-Louise and Kerry Otto de Grancy from the Evolve Yourself Institute. You may remember that we spoke to Kerry and Marie in 2018 about all things self-care and the importance of self-care for nurses and midwives and the wonderful work that the Evolve Yourself Institute or EYI do in relation to supporting nurses and midwives. So hello, Marie and Kerry, and welcome back. Hi, Mark. Hello, Mark. How good is this? Uh, It's so good to speak to you both again. And I know our listeners will love listening to your pearls of wisdom today and get an update about what EYI have been up to since we last spoke and acknowledge the challenging and difficult place that many nurses and midwives find themselves in at the moment. So we're speaking at the beginning of August 2021 when New South Wales is in, well, Uh, many parts of New South Wales and Greater Sydney is in lockdown in relation to the Delta strain of COVID-19. And much of the world and indeed Australia have been through an incredible roller coaster with COVID-19. So how the world's changed since we last spoke. So Marie and Kerry, would you please remind our listeners about who you are and what EYI does? Marie, will we start with you? Yeah, absolutely. We are a fabulous uh, little group of people who go around and support nurses and midwives getting their life on track with self-care practices and processes, ideally going into hospitals and educating them from the grassroots and supporting their wellness strategy and process, offering ways in their systemized approach to really bringing such activities alive in their day-to-day workspace rather than being an outside job and when you get home or the last thing that you do we would like to invite it as a fundamental shift in the culture and um, we offer those processes to be able to do that so it's very exciting anything we want to add to that Kerry? No I think that's great that's absolutely you nailed it Marie. And since we spoke in late 2018, and that podcast is up on the Your Health Matters podcast list on uh, via the Nurse and Midwife Support website, www.nmsupport.org, you can, you can find that podcast. But we'll put the link in as part of this. You've been travelling this country when we could, I know, because I was with you at one stage in Queensland talking to nurses and midwives. So your system and your education is really gone far and wide. So how's that going? Oh, look, Mark, it's been, you know, pre-COVID incredible in terms of the travel. Really inspiring for us was seeing rural areas of Australia really stepping forward and wanting to embrace 
self-care practices and also looking after their teams. We did, Marie, just actually it was March last year, so just on that fine borderline of the COVID outbreak when we locked down, was up in uh, central west Queensland and that was incredible. I know the audience there was um, a combination of your nurses, midwives, paramedics and social workers and a lot of the tools and concepts we were introducing were very new to these, these individuals, which was inspiring to know that that's reaching them now. So that was a real highlight for us, I think, last year. And we've been across to Perth, of course, Melbourne, Adelaide, so all over Australia, which is fantastic. Obviously, COVID sort of um, put a halt to the travel, which led us to doing some other great things last year for our nurses and midwives. Um, I'm not sure if you remember, Mark, we rolled out a 100-day program for free sort of uh, through our app where we were providing tools and concepts and information for nurses and midwives to access just as a support line for them to sort of curb some health habits and really help keep them in check with their own self-care, which was uh, for many nurses I know um, just through feedback, Marie and I know that really served. So that, that was a great thing to be able to do during that first outbreak. Yeah, thank you. And you um, provide a workshop to the nurse and midwife support team of clinicians who answer the phone to nurse and midwives throughout Australia. And that was a wonderful workshop. So um, mm. any nurses and midwives out there who want to organise an a workshop on health and well-being and self-care for the nurses and midwives, um, I would highly recommend that they get mm -hmm. in touch with you at the Evolve Yourself Institute. And have you pivoted that to online at the moment like a lot of people have? Oh, absolutely. You know, that's probably, and I think Maria will agree with me, one of the biggest outcomes for us last year, though we, we would find usually our workshops to be that highlight and connection with our, our audience and community of nurses and midwives, we did pivot and we took our online offering to another level where uh, our programs historically we would coach in live time, but through our app and um, through text or, or pre-recorded video. And we've taken it to the next level where we incorporate weekly Zoom workshops with our online users, which has been amazing, Mark. If you could take, for example, online learning can be quite difficult at the best of times, particularly now when we've got individuals that are stretched more than ever. And a lot of the time over that whole idea of being online and driving themselves that 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 can be really challenging from a motivational side of things and also through accountability and by providing these weekly workshops in connection with Marie Louise which has been an absolute game changer we've seen completion rates of our programs and um, outcomes for individuals increase incredibly so we might have had 60% completion rate previously and or it could have been a 70% completion rate, but now we're seeing 98% completion rate. And what does that translate to? It means that the individuals are really grasping the concepts and tools that we're teaching them and finishing really, really well and with a really deep understanding of what they've learned and being able to take that into their, their lives. So that's that's been huge for us. And it's meant that we've focused on our leadership training, which is online. And we did get to do a couple of retreats last year, Mark, so it wasn't all online and virtual and this year. And I just want to say something on that because Marie and I are incredibly passionate about raising nurses and midwives, not just in them with their self-care, but how they experience life 
and their education with us. And I think I shared it with you last week, Mark, we love to treat all of our nurses and midwives like kings and queens and have them experience beautiful experiences, whether it's a day workshop with us, whether it's the online experience or at a retreat. I think that's an, something that hasn't always been the case with nurses and midwives in terms of when it's been education or experiences where we like to ramp that up. So that's been fun. So we've been playing in that area too. Oh, that's wonderful. I follow you on social media and I did notice those retreats on social media and I think I noticed them during the long extended lockdown in Victoria last year and I must say I did feel a bit envious but <laughs> um, I turned that into gratitude for the fact that I have um, connected with you both and your systems and your system itself and that I've done several of your courses so I'm very excited about the fact I could potentially jump on Zoom and connect with um, your incredible mm. wisdom. So if I wanted to do that or a listener wanted to do that, how do they do that? Well, um, our programs are all available on the website, Mark. So at the moment, we have a, there's a few entry points. We've got our online offerings. So if a workshop's not in your area, there's the online. And the way we've created our, our offerings with our online and our workshop programs, which are the entry points into our, our education, is that they are designed to do independently or together. And together, obviously, is, you know, your ultimate desire. So we offer a bundle package, which is a little bit more affordable as well. You get a discount when you do the two together. But the workshops at the moment, we've got a couple in Queensland coming up, um, three actually, all going well at the end of the year. One in September in Brisbane and then November, we've got Cairns and Gold Coast. So all going well and, you know, COVID, whatnot, we can go ahead with those. But the online program, we start those monthly. So we've got one starting um, this weekend. And so once a month, that intake happens, which is great because then you start a community. And with the retreats, they vary on at the moment with COVID. <laughs> but usually we do a couple a year and we always run one at the end of our leadership training. So our leadership graduates jump on and join us with that. So head over to the website, which is eyi.global, and you'll find most of the information there. Otherwise, always drop us a line or give us a call, Marie, and I love a conversation and the team. So, yeah. That's great. Fantastic information. Now, Marie, when I was looking at your bio again for this um, in preparation for the podcast, I read that Marie Louise is a true activist in bringing self-awareness to the forefront of attention, <laughs> inside-out approach to the whole well-being. And mm. I really connected with that because I think self-care requires a level of activism. So can mm. you talk a bit about that? Yeah, it's... Um... I suppose it's a silent approach, not so silent at times, but um, a sil not waving a banner or fighting a fight, but really actually embodying the knowledge and taking steps in my own action for self-care. And when that embodiment really starts to permeate through the skin or the sleeve of the person, that has a ripple and a powerful effect upon all of the people around. And so it's like a... Um, it might seem silent activism <laughs> where the, you know, the voice isn't screaming out loud or there's no fight for the fight. It's actually just a real sense of self-understanding and then permeating through conversations or people of interest and allowing the people of interest to come to us and people who are um, willing to explore their own 
awareness and growth to be the best person that they can be moving forward in their own lives. Now, too often what I see in systems is that it comes from an approach where we're being told what to do, how to do it, when we do it, when we do this, how we do that. And that just lays so much pressure on the shoulders of of a person. Uh, It comes with a weight. And in my own experience of, I suppose, internal suffering, was a realisation that actually that's just got to be seen through the lens of the person and, and inspired through that experience. And sometimes it might have to hit your crash before you actually activate that intrigue of or curiosity into what does it really take to bring self-care alive into our lives so it enhances all life. And that embodiment is active. It's not uh, something that is spoken about only. It's actually active and active and alive and well in the skin. <laughs> and uh, so it is, it, I suppose it's through that lens that um, Evolve Yourself Institute was founded on and really wants to bring alive those conversations that inspire someone to wake up to their real intuitive intelligence that they've got inside themselves and um, bringing alive self-care is a really gift to the world I think it's um, especially with those that are serving other people frontline services know how to look after other people they're masters at it it's a reflex it's an automatic response in the body mind and um, but unfortunately it doesn't have where the missing link is, they don't include themselves in that. (laughs) And we can all, you know, us three can sit here and relate to that um, in some way or another. And when we're looking into the field of frontline services, it's a standout of majority. And so we'd like to shift that in a way that serves the whole because there's a lot of people in the world helping other people. I think it's just a little bit of a missing link. Hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. So uh, let's um, create a movement. We've started the movement already. <laughs> yeah. Let's create that movement around the activism of self-care. I yeah. love it. And get that moving. So we're on mm-hmm. a mission and we're mm-hmm. collaborating as like-minded humans in the service and support of nurses and midwives and indeed all health professionals to be able to live their best life. So bring it on. Please, mm. if you're listening to this, know that you can join this movement it's absolutely free and you can spread (laughs) the self-care word far and wide and if you'd like to chat to any of us please get in touch and we'll provide those details at the end Mm. of the podcast and if you're a nurse midwife or student listening to this podcast and you need support please Mm. know that support is available nurse and midwife support 1-800-667-877 or via the website nmsupport.org we're 24-7 Australia-wide and if you need to talk, we're listening. Now, self-care, we could argue, as a result of all that, has mm-hmm. actually never been more important in the turbulent and changing world that we live in. It's confronted people on so many levels. Mm. And particularly in our cases, we're talking towards, we're t- talking to nurses and midwives. So, you know, we talked a bit about why self-care is important, why Mm -hmm. health and well-being is important. But for our 
a nurse or a midwife, say, caught up in the busyness of life, being on the front line of the pandemic, caring for others, how do they actually stop, pause or reflect and indeed stop perhaps being hypervigilant to be able to give them give themselves time and space to make self-care a habit and a priority? Uh, so I'm going to jump in there, Mark, on a practical, and I'll let Marie lead on afterwards with um, her, her lovely wisdom. I just want to jump in there. I, my background, I'm an ex-elite athlete, and I like to use the relationship of, of becoming an athlete or running a marathon to the same way, apply that to the same way you would with your self-care. And the way, how did I uh, become elitist at what I did and how did I become one of the best at what I did? And that was through uh, some structure, some planning, consistency, scheduling, and finding the things through that process of what was working and what wasn't. So my, my advice always to anyone who's stuck and hasn't formed yet those wonderful habits that are serving them to sit down and write out what their week usually looks like from, say, from a, a Monday to Sunday, a general week. And I know that varies greatly with nurse and midwifery shifts and things, but just take your average week and then look at that and then find the gaps as to where there might be moments of time that you can start out with a micro change or a, just one small thing that it can be as simple as in that, you know, 10 minutes, I'm going to have a, a cup of a, a cup of tea, herbal preferably, where you're just having a quiet moment. So it can be a very simple start like that. But by creating that schedule of looking at your week to see where those gaps are, you can then see that you actually do have spaces of time. And then it's to look at what can I give up to make room for the things that really do matter, which is number one, my health and mental health physical health, emotional, spiritual. So it could be the Netflix. It could be, look, a myriad of things. It could be outsourcing, getting the husband or the wife to go and do the shopping that day and that half hour is your time. So it can start out with just something very small and I, it can be a five minutes a week and then build on that. I think what can happen and what we see is that overwhelm of change overnight and it's not about that. It's that incremental build so number one, get your schedule, look at where those gaps of time are and then write out your ideal week. So then the week you'd like to see and where you'd like to see that self-care. And I think most of us know that it's encouraged that we create a space in every day for ourselves whether and in that we have some time to do some exercise, some movement, um, a little bit of self-reflection and ideally some meditation and but it's not to do that all overnight, Mark. So I think really looking at finding a system and a schedule that works for you and um, something that we, that's definitely something we offer and teach through our programs when you do our longer programs. It's all about habit change and working out the things that are working for you through trial and error and then creating those little habits because it's the little things that add up. It doesn't have to be huge overnight. And then like anything, you end up adding to it and adding to it. And the reward is so great, you want more of it. So yeah, but I'll let Marie go into um, her share on that. But I just really feel passionate about that because I feel for people when they, they get overwhelmed and they can't see that starting point. Yeah, I think that's the point, the feeling of overwhelm and how you 
change that from being overwhelmed and taking yourself to a place that's about restoration. So I think um, what I've really connected here with, it's like kind of micro steps or baby steps in relation to making change. And you don't have to like change your whole life dramatically, but you can implement these like micro steps of change. Mm, definitely. Yeah, Kerry came up with um, a great, beautiful sentence, which was micro miracles. Um, through her uh, stuff that she did previously. And um, it resonates so beautifully in this kind of scene because they really do become uh, the micro miracle as they accumulate. And it's um, beautifully shared by Kez where she's, um, you know, framing up your week as a, a premeditator for doing the right step and or the step that serves your own heart. And But it does require space to recognize firstly you know we can all feel like we're on a little um a a mouse running on a little treadmill and you don't know how to get off that treadmill and and uh in a nurse's mind or a frontline service mind it might be that time is poor you know having a mindset that time is poor well the beautiful work that happens through and i just want to invite everyone to take a breath with us right now and we just might Ah, take a breath. So mm. um, taking a big, deep breath and, and actually exhaling and ah. And uh, that little space of that breath is the micro miracle. And um, when I really do choose to bring that into my life, whether it's in a conversation or whether it's in a podcast or whether it is in a difficult situation at work, it just really does bring that space alive to be able to recalibrate and regenerate like you so beautifully said, Mark, you know, because they are those micro miracles. <laughs> Thanks, Kez. They, they then accumulate to form the habits that then serve the organism of the body-mind to self-perpetuate in a way that it serves the whole. And um, that's quite a dynamic and powerful influx that we can all permeate into the world but definitely it does take that let's all do it again because we can and it's a breath ah and uh, i'm a fan of that so yeah me too Mm. so it is um, micro steps yeah thanks for sharing that that's really um really timely and beautiful so if you're on the front line and you're feeling a sense of overwhelm well, that that micro one of those micro miracles might mm. just be something that could restore you, mm. enable you a moment to pause and have actually that micro moment for yourself in terms of a step towards restoration and restoring your health and well-being. Mm. So a, a wonderful pearl of wisdom. Thank you very much for sharing. Now, as part of this podcast, we're going to link you to a wonderful blog that Marie has written called Attention, Please. (laughs) And I absolutely love the title. So you'll be able to read the full blog as part of this podcast. Um, But I really connected with um, with all of it and love all of it. So um, if you um, were in two minds about reading it, hopefully you're not now because um, <laughs> because I've, I've given um, I've given it so much emphasis in terms of there is so much in it that will support your health and well-being. 
But you state in the blog, burnout is where chronic states of stress have built up so much that the life force of joy and inspiration seem too far away to even feel familiar. Now, this will resonate with a lot of nurses and midwives because we hear from a lot of nurses and midwives that they do tip into burnout. And indeed, that has been part of my journey, that as part of my work, I experience burnout. And I've talked about this quite extensively and written about it. And several years ago, I actually may not have, have talked about it because I guess mm. I, I felt a sense of shame in relation to the fact that I wasn't able to cope at a certain point in my career. Mm. And now I see that as embracing vulnerability and, uh, and we're going to talk about that a bit mm. and we'll point to um, the amazing Brene Brown when we do that. But what I'm really interested in, your perspective in relation to nurse and midwives, if they feel burnt out or mm. if they feel like they're tipping into burnout, what can they do about it and how can they bring themselves back? You know, there's um, you Google on the internet how to um, deal with burnout and there's a million how to, you know, you go and, but it's the overwhelm that is the burnout. And that's the, that's the, um, I suppose, the parallel that runs side by side. And then the how to, how to, oh, we're getting another how to and we're getting another how to. Look, <laughs> the how to's are there, the overwhelm is there. And I can say another word of how to, but it's to recognize that you are not in that alone. And um, I know that you could be very familiar with this, Mark, is that when you are in overwhelm and you're feeling that experience, you feel very isolated and you've walked the world dynamically in your own strength where you're thinking that it's your own strength. But the beautiful thing is, is that when I really sit in that vulnerability, which Brene does emphasize so beautifully, the space of feeling that's connected and that I'm, I'm not a bad person if I reach out for help and I am not weak. I'm actually opening up to that courage and that beautiful sense of courage where I ask someone, hey, man, I'm just not doing, I'm not doing all that well today. I don't, I, don't know if um, when I was writing that blog, I was kind of thinking, oh, isn't it incredible? I love doing things for other people. I love it. You know, it says, I love it. I get so much joy out of it. And being there for someone in their dark moment, I, there's as much on my receiving as giving. Yeah. That real sense of receiving and giving. And so it's to remember that when someone else feels bad, you're actually allowing someone else to walk into their real sense of worthiness. So it's a really beautiful parallel. So if I express vulnerability, well, then someone can come along and open up their heart even more and it just adds more juice to the world. So you're doing someone else a favour by asking someone else for help, you know, and we forget that. And we forget that we're not in alone. Like it really is. I am not a mother without having a son and I'm not a sister without being one. So this, we forget that. And, but how? Well, that's for the decision and the power of the person that is vulnerable. Now we, we see someone who's vulnerable as weak, but that's no, 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 no. <laughs> that is not true. It is so not true. It is that, um, you have what it takes and uh, 
sharing a life with someone and asking for help is a perfect first step. And that's what, um, but the hows and the whos, there's a whole list of those things. Um, making it happen is up to the person really um, to find, to get off that little um, treadmill that just keeps on spinning into overwhelm. Uh, wonderful wisdom. Thank you, Marie. And I guess now I've um, talked about Brene Brown and um, pointed to her inspiration. I'll, um, I'll quote her as you quote her in the blog. And Brene says in Rising Strong, as you quote in your blog, that vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. <laughs> wow. I mean, mm. no wonder mm. Brene is like, you know, so <laughs> yeah. popular throughout the world because that's just really beautiful. Yeah. So could you talk about that a bit more in relation to nurses and midwives actually reaching out for support? Because in the blog you also say ask for support. Like, you know, you say to, you, you kind of, it's almost like a call to action to nurses mm. midwives, ask for support. And then Brene speaks about that in relation to vulnerability. So, and that being courage. So if I'm a nurse or a midwife or a student listening to this podcast and I'm feeling quite alone, isolated and vulnerable, what would you say to them about reaching out and asking for support if they feel that the world is so dark that they really don't have capacity to do that yeah i um well the process of anything is firstly to take a breath you know in that overwhelm we stop breathing we you know there's a little dark rabbit hole that just keeps on going down but when i take a breath and really engage with my body I'm available to actually start to listen to the body and the body will direct it to maybe speak. And speaking is maybe not something that is very easy to do and that's where the word courage comes in, in that space of vulnerability, is the reflex is to be silent but the courage is to speak and even though the speaking might come as oh, I'm really looking for some type of help. Do you know anything or are you looking for anything? But the invitation first and foremost is to take a breath into that space that maybe sits over your heart or sits in your gut or the angst that sits there and then just in a micro moment pick up the phone or in that moment of space talk to a friend you've got this niggling voice that sits inside you that really is talk talking to you, but that cloud of um, fog over the lens of weight of stress doesn't allow us to hear it, but the space of the breath allows us to hear it a little bit more deeply. And that is where the courage is uh, because if you've always been a person that has a shield and doesn't show anyone that, you might be a little bit shaky today. Well, it is very, that becomes your norm. And being outside our norm or stretching our norm a little bit is where we're courageous and hence the vulnerability. And throughout humanity, we haven't exposed our sense of vulnerability to the world previously. Um, so it is 
being uh, standing at the front line and saying, well, actually I am a little bit vulnerable and I'm being okay with it. And so, yeah, definitely first step is taking a breath and then the next we'll see what rises after that. Mm. Thank you. Mm. In the blog you also say it's important to learn to say no. And I've talked about that fairly recently in a Facebook Live with the nurse break when Jackson Hale, the inspirational Jackson Haleberg, asked me what I would say to my younger self. And I said, I would say, learn to say no. Because mm. many people in the care and service of others actually are yes people. So <laughs> why, why did you actually say that, Marie, in the blog, the importance of saying no? <laughs> I mean, I think that's a, everyone can sit there and ask the question now is how often do you um, say say no to others and but you say no to yourself all the time you know you don't say no to you say yes to others but you don't say yes to yourself you know it's a a really interesting thing so I go okay well let's why don't we play with saying no to others but we're actually looking at where we say no to ourselves so as a reflection process it's um fabulous to maybe engage in that to have a look is how often do you say no to your own desires? How often is it that you, you say no to your self-care? But so a real flip is to learn how to say yes to yourself and more no to others. Now, people can think that you're running into a world of selfishness. <laughs> but, however, <laughs> that's a funny bit that rises is that um, you actually end up being more selfless <laughs> because the, the selfishness, it's just being more in harmony of both of that inner and outer worlds, the interrelationships we're having with the world and our inner relationship we're having with ourselves. And when that is in balance, well, then your body mind will show up to be the best version it can be. Right now, it's out of balance for many who have hit the pivotal process of chronic stress and stress and all of those places, which really do filter the lens of joy and happiness and all that kind of, kind of stuff. So saying no to others is where you're standing in your skin and you take your breath and you go, does this really serve me? Have I looked after myself today because we will forever say yes to people throwing questions you can you can you can you work a doubler can you extend your shift can you um you know do all of the things that you're expected to do without even having any space to breathe and um it's essential it's essential care the government are um, going on about essential services but essential care is self-care and that breath is what is required. And how are you going to do that? What would it mean to you to show up with more spaciousness around you? How cool would it be? Ask yourself those cool questions. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow, how, how cool would it be? If, um, what, what would my life look like if um, I could show up to it and really choose what I say yes to and what I say no to? Unashamedly, yeah. Mm. It's beautiful. And, you know, you spoke of um, shame before, Mark, and shame has a real, it's one of the densest energies in your body-mind system and it can really fold us into a little carcass that doesn't allow us to get out of bed. And um, it can be triggered by many things. And 
st- the stress, the chronic stress is a per- perfect partner to shame. And they kind of, on a self-perpetuating model, the stress will accumulate those ignitions of even ancestral shame. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, it points at all of those things in the system. So it's um, interesting. Uh, it's to be kind to it. And that's where that beautiful parallel of engaging in practices, like within system of self, where you're really engaging in that's the compassion element in your own body, mind, the self-love processes. Now they might sound, oh, I haven't got time for all that, whatever it is. But let me tell you, it's essential care. It comes back to essential care, which um, do you have anything to add to that? cares in regards to Mark's direction no I think I think that's all great I'll I probably just want to I know beautifully share Marie I'd just say one thing back on the overwhelm and asking for support I'd really like to invite anyone who's listening that is feeling overwhelmed and wants to ask for support that doesn't know how or what they're asking I think often people in overwhelm are so overwhelmed they don't even know what they need to ask for the support mm-hmm. and I'd just like to invite the idea that you don't have to know what you're asking it's just um, taking maybe that action of making that phone call whether it's to nurse midwife support or a friend or a family member or a colleague and just saying that they're simply saying I feel I need support and it can, and that can open the conversation. It can be just that those, um, I feel I need support. That really simple wording. If you can get to that space of just being able to say those few words, often after that, the rest will unfold. And it's just that very first step of of taking that action. Um, that's probably the only practical thing I'd say that the overwhelm can be often that the action isn't taken because they don't know <laughs> what they're asking or don't want to share too much information and that's all okay just to take the step of putting themselves out there as the very first thing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, Carrie. And I'd really like to reiterate that. And if you don't know what is wrong and you're trying to work it out, that is exactly where nurse and midwife support can come in and support you. And sometimes in talking to somebody who has your back, who is a nurse and a midwife and understands the world that you live in, then the process of talking that through can help you work out what type of support you need. So get in touch, 1-800-667-877, no matter where you are in Australia, 24-7. Thanks very much for that incredible wisdom. Now, you've developed this new system um, called ABC. Could you share <laughs> shed a bit of light on that, please? <laughs> Yeah, it's. Um, I think we've kind of uh, definitely brought it into practice right here, right now, today with our breath. But um, what it is, it's uh, bringing our tool of awareness, breath, then choice. And um, when we practice certain things when we are non-reactive, we're enabling it to come alive when we're in the action of life. So when we're on the ward, when we are speaking with a family member, when we are um, in conversations with people, it's actually that I become aware of my body-mind system, then I take a breath, and then I have the power of choice. Now, when um, so if I practice the ABC, are we doing our ABCs? I become aware of my environment. I take a breath, 
then I have the power of choice to move forward. Now, within um, Evolve Yourself Institute's, uh, I suppose, ideal world, we'd like to see these types of preventative processes and activations within the culture so we don't have to walk into the face of chronic stress and dis-ease where it becomes where people are overwhelmed and fearful of asking for help. So ideally, we would like these types of embodied practices within this culture itself. So we sit down and we say, what is ABC? I become aware of a certain tendency. It could be a thought, feeling or sense, um, or conversation or life experience. And uh, it's something maybe I've reflected upon and I, don't, I want to break the habit of. I become aware of myself doing what I'm doing and I'm like, oh, I take a breath. And I might have to take five breaths. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're in um, fairly stressful conversations that require more space. But as soon as I become aware, I am choosing that experience. You know, and that's the difference. When you're living a conscious life of choice, well, then you start to design the life you're experiencing. Sometimes we're on a reflex of um, experience where you don't know why you're at the fridge, but you're at the fridge, yeah? You're at the fridge, you're opening the fridge door and you're on a reflex. But as soon as I become aware that I'm at the fridge, I take a breath and then I have the space to be in the power of choice over the life that I'm experiencing. The same with those um, uh, crazy thoughts that we might have about the future, worrying about the future. And so we might be in a um, downward spiral of thoughts that are self-debilitating and we catch ourselves in awareness in those thoughts, worried about our children or whatever we're worried about. And then we come with that awareness, we are aware we're in the thoughts, we take the breath, then we have the power of choice as to whether I want to feed that any further. Now, just activating the ABC approach in micro moments throughout your day, you're enabling a rewire, reboot, and I suppose a redesign of the life that you seek because soon that cognitive shift within your body-mind system enables another path in your own life direction. And it's a snappy little thing, <laughs> ABC. <laughs> and the processes within any of our programs, we support those processes to become alive in the ABC. So, yeah, I can say I'm going to do ABC, but there's certain things you want to become aware of using the tool of reflection. Where do you want to go in your life? What are you doing in your life that you're not fulfilled with or how you want to shift those tendencies that aren't serving you and so it is really the ABC is there anything you want to add to the ABC there Kez? No no that was beautifully shared Marie I know uh, Mark's going to be sharing um, a resource we've got a resource that the nurse and midwife support to be able to share on a little cheat sheet for the ABC it is just such a great tool Mark I mean in our education Though one of our, I guess, points of difference and masteries is delivering complex systems and concepts and tools simply, but we, we do have a very rich education and something that's very tangible that can be taken away is the ABC, which is a great practical tool and experience that is um, 
yeah, easily shared and, and, and easily shared amongst individuals. You can share with others your experience, which is lovely. And, and that opens a doorway for more curiosity, which is lovely for people. No, I think you covered it really nicely, Marie. Yeah, it's great. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm a big fan too, as you know. Look, I could talk to you both all day because you're so mm. inspirational mm-hmm. and this stuff is very important for nurses and midwives. But we've come to the end of the podcast. Now, dear listener, I really, really want you to read the blog that Marie has written because it is just so useful and engaging. But if you don't mind, Marie, I need to end with a quote from your blog. Attention, please. You are worthy of attention. Ask for support. Learn to say yes to yourself and no to others. Discover the tools that flush away the impact of stress connect with environments that are in harmony and be unapologetic. Wow. I mean, (laughs) that is just such an important statement. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? Be curious about um, your innate joy. Um, Just really be curious about that. It's available and, um, you know, your intuition is definitely worth listening to because you have all of the knowledge you need but it's also um, giving yourself space to realise that. And I think that that's um, really exciting for people to maybe say yes to. Mm. Thank you. Kerry, anything you'd like to add? Oh, look, you know what? If I will, Mark, yes. I, I, um, we would love to see more hospitals embracing what we do for their people. And when you have a top-down approach it it really is infectious and when your leaders are leading the way it has so much power in that shift you've obviously got this shoot over the past couple of years since we spoke mark i didn't mention this before we have developed an incredible framework that goes into hospitals and it's designed to be done a few different ways but it can be a ward at a time and the results and outcomes we've seen in these wards of uh, more joyful compassionate and connected staff um, and environments has just been overwhelmingly inspiring. And that incorporates a, a myriad of, of our offerings from online workshop, our leadership. We have visual aids, a real culture shift. And I think if I would say anything, if any leaders are listening to this podcast, be curious, have a chat with us. And if it's not us that you end up doing these things with, be curious and see what else is out there because um culture shift and prioritising self-care for our people, the nurses and midwives on, on, that are, are the people that are the organisation and um, is so vital. And um, I'd like to see more of that. That's, that's all I have to say there, Mark. <laughs> Thank you yeah, so beautiful. much. Thank you. Well, I would like T-shirts, please. Have I looked <laughs> after myself today? <laughs> that's great. And, um, and please join us in becoming health and wellbeing and self-care activists because we're on a quiet crusade and a mission. So come join us either at Nurse and Midwife Support, 1-800-667-877 or the Evolve Yourself Institute. There, can you give the details, the contact details again, please, Kerry? Yeah, sure. We're just eyi.global. That's eyi.global, nice and simple. That's our website. You'll be able to find us um, on social media through eyi.global as well. Thanks very much, Marie and Kerry. As always, you've been wonderful guests. 
I'm going to have you back <laughs> definitely. Like it'd be regular guests, actually. I could <laughs> speak to you both every day. And um, <laughs> if you've listened to this, we hope you found this podcast useful. Please share it with others because we know that there's many nurses, midwives and students out there who need the wisdom of this information and will benefit from it. So look after yourselves and each other and we'll speak to you next time. Your health matters. Mm-hmm.